Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. breakthrough in the room already? Can you feel it? All right, look, let me read from the Word of God, and then we'll take a seat and I'll get on, which is good. And then, who knows, tonight's going to be good, because these guys are going to bring it in the worship. This is what it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says that the day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the boat. Let's go over to the other side of the boat. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Father God, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, would you speak to us now? Help me speak it clearly, but would you come Holy Spirit, move in amongst us and let your word find its home in each and every one of us and bear fruit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give someone a high five or a holy hug and you can take your seats. Thanks, band. Let me decide where I'm going to put this. There, that's good. Um, are we all good? Whew, all right, we're already off. Could finish now, couldn't we? Just go home. Should we do that? Um, you're supposed to do that at the end of a preach, aren't you? <laughs> I just do it at the start because it's fun. Um, all right, great. Hey, look, um, there's a lot of questions I would like to ask God when I get to heaven. And I don't mean out of concern, but just out of interest. So things like olives. Um, anyone love olives? Raise your hands if you love olives. See, olives are in the Bible quite a lot, and yet they taste evil. Please, if you agree with me, please raise your hand. Uh, amen. Amen. We've got some brothers in Christ. Um, uh, metabolism is another big question that I have with God. I'm like, come on, God, what was it? Like, I, I've actually, I, I've, been, I've been like really trying like the last three or four months now exercise wise and and uh, and, and and i'm trying i'm trying to build up my metabolism apparently that's what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to quicken my metabolism and nothing seems to be working i don't understand it but yet you know has anyone got one of those friends who's annoyingly thin they're just like they're like shoving donuts in their mouths they're like eating big macs and it's like what anyway Spiders would be another one. Anyone with me? Uh, who, are they creepy here? <laughs> it's funny. I was in Accra a couple of weeks ago, and I shared this, these thoughts. And I had to text our, our Accra pastors, and I said, do you guys have spiders there? Because I was like, I wasn't quite sure. He says, yes, we have spiders in Ghana as well. Um, you sad person. I said, are they still creepy? Yes, they're still creepy. I just wish they were fluffy and cute, you know, so you could walk into a bathroom and go, oh, hey, hey, love. There's a spider in the bathroom. Come and have a look. Right, you... Is, is there any other dads in the room? They're the ones who have to kill or remove the spider. I, oh, I just feel like I might have offended someone by saying kill the spiders. Uh, put your hands up if you remove spiders, but don't kill them. 
let me just turn to Genesis where it talks about having dominion over creation. Um, is all I can say. So, um, but the one question I have after reading this story is, where did Jesus get that pillow? Because that must have been an incredibly comfy pillow. For him to go through that storm, for him to, uh, to sleep through what the disciples were suffering, I would like the pillow like that. It sounds like one of those memory foam pillows. My wife goes, she just got herself a memory foam pillow. She's missing it this weekend. The hotel, I have to say, is very comfortable. And actually, the pillows are really nice. But, um, but she did slightly miss her memory foam pillow because it's that perfect height. You know, your head just nicely nestles into it. Uh, it doesn't really work for me. I just I kind of like a different pillow. Pillows are really important. But I would like Jesus' pillow because anything that would allow me to sleep through what he was going through at that moment in time and just and to keep asleep uh, sounds like a good thing. Because here's the thing. Jesus, had, he, he'd, have a, he'd had a big day. And uh, they, they'd been, he'd been talking all day to the crowds. The crowds were so large. They were so crazy that he'd said at one point to the disciples, he says, let's get in that boat. Uh, and, and push off from shore so that it would stop crowding around me. And then, you know, the end of the day comes, he's tired. And so they, instead of just getting out the boat, they say, let's just go the other way. It's going to be a lot easier that way. And so they head to the other side of the lake, but on the way, hit a storm. And now this wasn't any sto- any, just any storm. It, it, was a, it was a violent windstorm, a furious squall. And it must have been bad because there were fishermen in the boat. And I'm assuming fishermen understand what bad weather is like and would have dealt with some bad weather, but they were afraid. They were were fearing for their lives. They were thinking they were going to drown. And so they wake up Jesus and they say to him, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus gets up and it's this amazing moment because he gets to the front of the boat and he's calm, be still, and the wind and the waves die down and they just look on in, in terror who is this? And it's just one of, those, it's one of those great supernatural stories that we have about Jesus. But there's one thing about the story that really interested me. And that was that in their fear, they don't wake Jesus and ask for help. They wake him and ask for an ex- explanation. They say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? In other words, in other words don't, you, don't you realize that we're in danger? Won't you do something about it? I mean, you asked us to do this. You asked us to go this way. It was your idea to cross the lake. You know, maybe in the back of the minds, they were even thinking, we could see the storm clouds. We knew, we, we knew it didn't look like a good night, but, but it was your decision that we're on the way, and yet you're asleep now. How can you sleep when we're fighting for our lives? I, I realize that's, that, I, I think that's quite a familiar picture. Because isn't that the way we often approach God when we're in the midst of our storm? You know, that when, that when life starts to kick off, when... When things are not looking good, when, you know, when, when they're not going the way they should do. Have you noticed that some, we find, we'll find ourselves coming to God, we'll, we'll find ourselves coming to Jesus, and, and we start asking God, we start saying, hey, come on, uh, instead, of, instead of saying, uh, like, how, how should we navigate through this season, we shake the shoulders of Jesus and start saying, why am I suffering this? Why am I going through this? What is this all about? You asked me to go this way. You asked me to give that much. You asked me to change for that job. You asked me to join that team. Why am I now suddenly going through a storm? Um, I, I went through a little bit of a storm this year, uh, just, in my, just, in, just in terms of my kind of emotional health, because uh, maybe t- just over two years ago, we, uh, we, well, just under two years ago, we moved house. Uh, which was amazing for us, and that was fantastic. Um, but then at the same time, we were p- transitioning our church out of our building. We had a 
45,000 square foot building in the center of Leeds. And God was taking us into a new building, a much bigger auditorium and uh, a much better facility. But as we came to sell and finally kind of close on our, on our current building, that building hadn't materialized. And so suddenly we were now going back into the city center, into a hotel. And we're going to pop-up church, you know, to bump in and bump out every Sunday. And, uh, and so we had to journey through all of that. And it's been amazing. And God's really blessed us. And that's been incredible. But I realized as I came to sort of the end of last summer that, that it, all the, the stress and the effort and the work that was going in was starting to, you know, stress me out. My fuse was getting short. My emotion was wearing. And, uh, and I read a book actually on burnout by a Christian leader and, and, I, and, I, and he's got like 10 points for burnout and I got to four points and I went, that four points is four points too many. So I need to do something about this. I need a holiday. And thankfully it was our summer holidays were coming up. But I realized I can't just go on holiday without, without being ready to go on holiday. Otherwise my kids are going to get me in the front of the car shouting at them all the way every time they do something slightly noisy in the back. Because we were going to drive all the way from Leeds down to down. Uh, use the tunnel, go to Paris for a couple of days, go to auntie lives there, and then we're going to drive across to Switzerland and stay in a nice chalet and, and enjoy the Swiss mountains. And so we had this great holiday planned. And so I took a few days off, and by the time we went on holiday, it was good. I was calm. <sighs> it was all good. And then the car broke down on the way. And the breakdown guy came out, but it got fixed, and we got on the way, and it was like, it's all good. I'm, I'm calm. And we got to Paris, and we had a couple of Really nice nights in Paris and spent the day going around. And then we got in the car and we headed to Switzerland. And the car broke down again. And this time the car got towed away. Uh, and we got taken to a hotel. And I'm on the phone all afternoon with the insurance agents and the breakdown recovery. And they got us a higher car. And throughout the whole process, I was thinking, this is good. I'm okay. God's in this. God's in control. This is God, this is, this God wanted us to have this holiday. He knows I need this holiday. So I'm going to trust him. And so I just kept trusting God. And it was all good. And we got on the high car. And we made our way to Switzerland. And we, made our, and we got there just a few hours later than we should have, which is fantastic. And we started to enjoy our holiday. And then we got in the car a couple of days later to go on a day trip. And this white devil Mercedes came around the corner, uh, cut me off. And of course, I'm in the wrong side of the car because I'm in a higher car in Europe. And uh, you guys drive with an inappropriate steering wheel for some reason and uh, and so uh, anyway they, they, I swerved I hit my front tire on the curb it blew the tire like not just like popped it it, it stripped the entire side off this tire and uh, we pulled over there was a spare in the boot we changed the tire me and my son were like men were like yeah and it was good it was all good everything is fine And we enjoyed the rest of our day. We got on with our holiday. And then a couple of days later, I'm making sandwiches on the morning before we go out uh, for our kids uh, and for the rest of the family. And I cut my finger. And it wasn't a big cut. It was just a little sliver uh, on the the side of my finger. And suddenly, my life fell apart. And it was like, why, God? Oh, come on. It's like the car breaks down. And then it gets done away. And then it gets the tail. And then it and I literally had an out-of-body experience. Uh, I, I, look, I was looking at myself, and I could see my, I could see my wife looking at me as well. And, and I'm thinking, really? Really? All of this happened? And I'm not even exaggerating the moment. I'm telling you, this is exactly what happened. I understood that going, what? And then I kind of stopped and I realized, you know what, it's all okay. Because here's, here's our problem. We, we're very quick to ask the why. But we're not very quick to see the how. You know, there, was a, there are two Jesuses in the story. And they both act very differently. See, there's the Jesus who intervenes and calms the storm. 
But then there's also the Jesus who's asleep in the back of the boat on his pillow. And I wonder which Jesus you've been looking for this morning. Because often we come looking for the Jesus who intervenes. In fact, intervention Jesus is definitely more Hollywood. We like intervention Jesus. You see, intervention Jesus is the hero of the story. Intervention Jesus is the champion of the world. Intervention Jesus, he's the genie, you know, in the lamp who turns up and is able to fix our moments and, and help us in our problems. He's the perfect plot device. You know that plot device that just swoops in at the end of the movie and destroys all the bad guys and, and everything's good. This is, this is intervention Jesus. We like him. He's king. He's King Jesus, and we want, G- we want intervention Jesus in our storm. But sleeping Jesus isn't our kind of Jesus. We're not too keen on sleeping Jesus. You see, because when, when the storms start kicking off, when things start looking a bit windy or a little bit choppy, we start, we start looking across to, to check if Jesus is awake. And we're like, like hey, Jesus, are you, this, you know, this is a little, it's not looking good at the moment. Gonna, are you going to wake up? Uh, and then things don't. You know, Jesus doesn't, doesn't seem to wake and things get a little bit more awkward or, or there's more tension or there's, there's more stress or something's going off in our world and, and, and Jesus doesn't seem to be answering the prayer. Jesus doesn't seem to be working according to our time scales. You know, God doesn't seem to be answering the thing that we really need him to answer. And before we know it, we're, we're grabbing Jesus by the shoulders and we're like, come on. Come on, be intervention, Jesus. We need you to calm this storm. We need you to do something. We need you to do a miracle. We need you to bring a breakthrough. We need you to to move in this moment. But here's the problem. We're chasing the wrong Jesus. I want to say to you this morning, we're chasing the wrong Jesus because sleeping Jesus is far more powerful than intervention Jesus. You see, intervention Jesus has power to command the storm to be at peace. But sleeping Jesus is already at peace in the storm. I want you to receive that today because we often love to go after the miracle. We often love to go after Jesus breaking through in our lives. But I want you to realize today there are plenty of storms that are going to hit your life. There are, there are storms that are going to overwhelm you at times. There are storms that often are going to cause fear to rise up and emotion uh, to, to rise up. And so often in those moments we'll go looking for intervention Jesus. And if intervention Jesus doesn't turn up, we'll, we'll shake his shoulders until he does uh, but not ask, but the problem we find is that we're not asking for help in those moments anymore. Now we're asking for an explanation. Now we're saying, why? 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 Why is this happening to me? And you know, Jesus is merciful, so he wakes up often and calms our storm. But in our quest for the why, we miss out on the greater truth of the how. See, church, this story was never meant to be about Jesus calming the storm. If you've got a Bible, it's probably that's the title. Jesus calms the storm. It wasn't meant to be that story. It was meant, if it, if it really went the way the Bible was hoping it would go, then it should have said the disciples stay calm in the storm. Because I know that because as soon as Jesus has finished rebuking the wind and the waves, he turns around to the disciples and he says, why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And in other words, why did you wake me? What, what happened to applying your faith? What happened to trusting in God? Surely you could see that, that I was not concerned with the storm. So why did it concern you so greatly? See, church, there is a greater Jesus. There's a greater Jesus for you to know. 
than the intervention Jesus who wants to calm your storm. And it's the, he's the sleeping Jesus who invites us to discover something far more powerful. Something that will help you in so many more situations, and that is to find rest despite of your storm. Because it's easy to be busy. It's easy to get caught out by emotions. It's easy to be overwhelmed, but the hardest thing is to find rest in the storm. Let me give you three keys, three quick keys to finding rest in your storm. Is this helping you this morning? There's three of us. That's great. The front row are being helped. Is everyone else feeling helped this morning so far? Come on, who likes Sleeping Jesus already? He's kind of thinking, I quite like Sleeping Jesus now. Okay, okay, tell me a bit more about Sleeping Jesus. Okay, number one, accept Jesus as he is. If you want to find rest in your storm, accept Jesus as he is. It says right at the beginning that they left the crowd behind and they took him just as he was. I love that. There was no changing of clothes. There was no, let's stop, let's get some food. Let's, let's quick trip to Macca's. McDonald's, whatever you call it here, uh, KFC, uh, Pizza Hut. You know, let, let, let's, let's just grab some food. No, was, they went. They just got going. They set sail across the lake. Uh, and, I, and I think sometimes we go, you know, we come to Jesus and we're like, hey, hey, let's go, Jesus. But before we go, can, would you mind just changing? Hey, would you mind just putting on a different outfit? You know, uh, I, I don't quite, I, I don't, it, it doesn't quite work when you say that about that issue. Uh, it doesn't really help us when you say these things about society in the way you say them. So, so it might be helpful if you could change uh, before we get on the journey. I want to tell you, church, Jesus doesn't want to conform to this worldview. He doesn't want to conform to society. He doesn't want to, he's not going to, he's not going to bend to fit in our box. He's not going to do things the way we always want him to. If we want Jesus, we need to accept Jesus just as he is. Because if you're wrestling with Jesus, you can't rest with Jesus. If you're wrestling with him, if you're trying to change him or ask him to be something that he's not, then you'll never find the rest that he has for our lives. Because the truth is, he's going to do things you don't expect. He's going to say things you don't expect. Do you think the disciples expected him to actually wake up and get up there at the front of the boat and calm the wind and the waves? I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were expecting. But I'm pretty sure they weren't expecting that. Because you've got to understand something, Jesus is far, far greater, far bigger, far more powerful, far more God than we allow him to be. And, and he, he doesn't say, hey, look, if you're hungry, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're feeling overwhelmed, then, then I'll come to you and I'll give you rest. He doesn't say those words. If you want rest, if you want peace, if you want Help when you're feeling overwhelmed. Jesus says, come to me. Receive me just as I am. Come to me, Matthew 11, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. I love that. He doesn't just give us rest. He doesn't just give us a good night's rest. He doesn't just give us rest to get us through the next week, but he gives us rest for our souls. He deals with the soul issue. He deals with a deep down you that has been struggling, that has been burdened, that has been emotionally broken. Jesus comes to that part of you and gives you rest. If we'll come to him just as he, he is. Second thing is, he, is we need to, if you, want, if you want to find rest in your storm, then be where Jesus is. Be with Jesus where he is. 
You know, you, I, you could take this story so many different ways. The good news is, it doesn't matter if he's in the front of the boat intervening on your behalf, or if he's sleeping in the back of the boat expecting you to, 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 to find rest with him. The good news this morning is that Jesus is in the boat. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is in the boat. Turn to the other person, make sure they're awake and say, he's in my boat too. Come on, it doesn't really matter. So whether you're expecting or experiencing intervention Jesus right now or sleeping Jesus, the good news is in the boat. What we need to realize is where Jesus is, his peace is. Where Jesus is, his peace is found. And if you're looking for some rest today, then go find the presence of Jesus. Come on, if you're looking for some rest today, turn up in time for worship. Sorry, I can say that because the pastor's about, yes, thank you. Honestly, like, I, I, I don't put some emphasis on worship. I, I do say to our guys now and again, and I try not to chastise the people, because I know people have kids and families, and you know, life takes over on a Sunday morning, but you guys meet at 12. Is it 12 o'clock we started today? 12 o'clock, come on, you can get ready by 12. All right, everyone can get to church on time for 12 o'clock. Not saying that anyone was on time, don't feel condemned, but can I, the only reason I say that is because there's power. The power of God is in his worship. And most people come into church dead, like the walking dead. You just pulled yourself out of bed. And yet, and, and, and we're in, we've turned up in the fourth song and we're thinking, why do I have no rest? Why am I not feeling life? And God's saying, well, the first three songs were there for you to lead you into life. So we don't just put on a program. You know, we don't just put on worship because it's a nice thing to do at the beginning and it warms everyone up. <gasps> There's the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit just came in right there. We don't just do that because it's a nice thing to do in church. No, we do it because we are stepping into his presence. We're getting deeper into his presence because there's rest in his presence. You don't need an intervention to rest. You need a revelation of his presence. And the third thing is this, is that we need to recognize that he's more than just a teacher. Accept him as he is. Be where he is. Get into the word of God and you'll find Jesus. Get into a group during the week and you'll find the presence of Jesus. Wake up in the morning. Spend some time with God before you start flicking through the news, before you start flicking through Instagram, before you start filling in your social media. Spend some time with God. You'll find Jesus. You've got family at home. Spend some time with Jesus. Because there's rest in His presence and we need to recognize that he's more than just a teacher. Jesus was in the stern. He was sleeping on a pillow. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, Jesus is more than a good, he's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a teacher. He's Lord. Do you realize that today? Do you know who we worship? Do we know who we worship? You know, because the disciples' attitude was, it wasn't you can help. The disciples' attitude was, we're going to drown. What's going on? What are you playing at? Jesus calms the storm and then, then he rebukes them. He turns around and rebukes them. He says, Don't but, I, but I have to say at this moment, all I can think of is the disciples. Because Jesus turns around and says, why are you afraid? Didn't you have a little faith? But the picture is, they're all sat the other side of the boat like. Who is this guy? It says they were afraid of the storm. But it says they were terrified of Jesus. 
And I do think sometimes we need a little bit more sense of the fear of God. Because he's not just a philosopher. Jesus has not just got good wisdom. He's not just a good teacher. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, he's not just got some wise words to speak over your life. He's not just a motivational speaker. He's not just bringing some positivity in your life. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, he's, he's, not just, he's not just a good idea. He's not just a, he's not just a figurehead at, a, at, the, at, the, at the top of a great idea for a social community. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one who's got victory in your storm. He's the one who will break through any barrier. And he will, he will be intervention Jesus when he needs to. But even asleep, even asleep Jesus is greater than anything or anyone on heaven or under the earth that we could ever meet or we could ever know. Come on, who loves Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Are you sure? Who wants to meet Jesus? Come on, do we need Jesus this morning? Do we need Jesus this morning? Come on, have you got a storm this morning that you need Jesus to calm? Do you need Jesus to calm a storm this morning? Because I want you to meet the Jesus who even when he's asleep will make you feel safer than any positive word, any book, any friendship circle, and any counselor, any therapy, anything in this world could ever offer. Jesus will make you feel safe. And he invites us in to join him on the pillow. Come and rest with me. Come and rest with me. You're weary, you're burdened, you're overwhelmed. Come to me and have rest for your souls. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. 
God bless you.